Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler, and this is Cosmere Conversation. Theory time. so good to be here. It has been a little while since our end of season one, our 20th episode. Hope y'all enjoyed that one with uh, the White Sand Reviewed. We have been reaching out on social media lately talking about doing short little episodes of maybe 15 to 20 minutes to kind of fill the gap in between this Cosmere drought that we are in through 2018. No new books coming out. We've pretty much covered what we wanted to cover, and we are still desiring some more Cosmere in our lives. However, if you are unaware, Brooke is a professional actor, and while we normally are able to squeeze in a bunch of research and Cosmere reading and get together to record, she is currently double booked in two shows at once, uh, as well as having a day job, and so things are pretty hectic in the professional lives at the moment, but we have this opportunity to do short little episodes and on the social media at Cosmere Convo on Twitter or Facebook, Reddit, you know it all. Find us, talk to us. It's totally awesome. The people who are already there have been suggesting some really cool ideas for these little short mini episodes. And this one I'm calling Theory Time or Tyler's Theory Time if we would just want to go full alliteration on it. But theory time is when sometimes just myself, sometimes both of us, will break down one specific theory that we have about the Cosmere. We've also got a great idea in the works. I know some of you are in the United States, just got done with your March Madness competitions and all the brackets and whatnot. Well, a fan said, hey, I'm already out of my March Madness bracket, and I want some more in my life, need me some more brackets, and we were like, we're totally nerds, we can handle brackets, so we were thinking about a little head-to-head competition between all the different Cosmere characters to see who would reign supreme in an epic battle across the Cosmere, all bracket style. So we're going to put that together and it may be something you can look for uh, towards the end of April. But until then, we wanted to get in this first theory time. And this is a theory that I have developed really just today. I'm doing this all in one burst of creative potential. It just came to me while I was working out in the backyard and I was listening, or re-listening really, to Oathbringer because, you know, once you've read a 1,200-page book, don't you just want to go and read it again? When it's Oathbringer, the answer is yes. And I'm re-listening and I'm somewhere around chapter 10. It's when Kaladin is interacting with the new listeners and there's 
so many little things that are being learned for the first time. We're discovering that the listeners are more complex and far more uh, human-like than we were to believe, as the name would suggest, Voidbringer, you know, sounding all scary monsters from the deep. But throughout the beginning of the book, we realize that basically everything we know is wrong. And that's a repeating trend throughout the Cosmere. However, a bunch of different connections were being made in my brain as I was listening to Kaladin speak to one of the listeners, and I came up with this theory. It's multi-pronged, multifaceted. I have lots of quotes to back myself up and to introduce to you, but stay with me from the beginning. We are going deep. This is theory time, okay? Hashtag all spoilers. You guys know this. I'm connecting everything to everything else. Here's my theory. On Scadrial, the Kandra were the Lord Ruler's poor copy of the listeners on Rashar. That's the most basic way that I could try to articulate what it is I am thinking. The Kandra on Scadrial were the Lord Ruler's poor copy of the listeners on Rashar. Okay? Now, maybe you've already seen the connection, and it's already building in your brain, and everything that I have thought, you are thinking as well. And maybe... You're like, this sounds really stupid, so you better make some points. I'm going to make those points, all right? You got to stay with me. I'm going to go piece by piece by piece. Starting with the idea that we know on Rashar that Spren will, whether it's Void Spren, Lesser Spren, High Spren, doesn't matter. Spren will bond with humans and become Night Radiant only if the human spirit web is broken enough to allow the spren to kind of get in there and bridge the gaps. It's a It becomes a symbiotic relationship, and both the spren and the human become better for that relationship, but the base of it is that the human is broken in some way. Kaladin is beaten down, loses his brother, becomes a slave. All of our different Knights Radiant are broken in some way, and the spren fills in the gaps. Now, it has been said that on many of the different systems, most notably Scadrial for this conversation, the process of becoming something like an Allomancer or just a magic user is very similar to this. You have to be broken in some way. On Scadrial, they call it, you know, being snapped. They will literally beat their children, their young, like eight, ten-year-olds, uh, to try to force them into a situation where their powers will manifest and what they're really trying to do is like break their spirit web so that the alimentic magic that is in their dna you know passed down from generation to generation will manifest itself and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and they're just kind of like all having this awful secret uh that like everybody beats the shit out of their children excuse my language but it's going to happen. The listeners on Rashar have a very similar relationship, and we learn this throughout Oathbringer, how close this relationship is with their spren. Okay? They bond spren just like the humans can, and when they bond the lesser spren, 
they move from being like the dull form slave uh, the Parshman would be the appropriate name, and that's what I'm going to use. So when they are the Parshman, they can bond a lesser spren, and then they will become a fully cognizant and aware and sentient and really sapient being when they bond those lesser spren. Then they can bond, we might, they might be able to bond like high spren, uh, but they can definitely bond to void spren uh, and the magic will manifest that we see with the fused okay so they have this ability slash part of their it's both part of their evolution and their history they're just kind of a broken species there's something about their spirit web that is broken or susceptible to the spren bond it's it's almost like through both the evolution and the history of their species they have become the perfect type of creature to bond with spren brooke when i told her about this theory she said that it was like the listeners were vulnerable to being hacked you would with a computer they they can be taken over easier than any of the other like races that we've seen except there's a similar thing going on when it comes to the chondra on scadrill so before i make that connection between the chondra and the listeners let's go over very briefly like how are the listeners a broken species why is their spirit web so vulnerable to being hacked first it just comes down to like their history okay we know that at some point after the humans arrived from ashen the listeners became the listeners they didn't used to be called the listeners they used to call themselves the singers before the humans showed up they were the singers and we we don't know really anything about that because that's like pre-colonial times pre any part of the story that we're trying to figure out in the stormlight archive but like way back in their history they literally called themselves something different they were the singers humans show up they become the listeners at some point and that's kind of on the grand scale of you know how their whole species could be broken but then there's also you know some personal breaking going on for all of the individual Parshman. You don't even need to take my word for it. Let's go to uh, page 185 from Oathbringer. And this is one of the quotes uh, that started this entire thing. It is a powerful one. Brooke's not here to help me out with the acting, but I'm going to do my best. It is when Kaladin is having a discussion with one of the listeners that he has, in quotes, surrendered to. He's trying to learn as much about them as he can. And he's having this experience of like deja vu. He doesn't use those words, but he's, he says like he feels like he's done this before, like he's been here before. He's looking around at these different listeners and he is, they have a group of children that are like kind of laughing. Uh, Cal's not allowed to see them, but they're there and, and Kaladin's having this weird experience of feeling like he's done this before and been here before. And he 
is confronted by one of the listeners and he says, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. He tries to show him the slave brand on his forehead. And in response, the listener scoffs and says this, quote, When they make a human into a slave, Kaladin said, they brand him. I've been here, right where you are. And you think that makes you understand? Of course it does. I'm one. I have spent my entire life living in a fog, the parchment yelled at him, every day knowing I should say something, do something to stop this. Every night clutching my daughter, wondering why the world seems to move around us in the light while we are trapped in shadows. They sold her mother, sold her, because she had birthed a healthy child which made her good breeding stock. Do you understand that, human? Do you understand watching your family being torn apart and knowing you should object, knowing deep in your soul that something is profoundly wrong? Can you know that feeling of being unable to say a single storming word to stop it? The parchment pulled him even closer. They may have taken your freedom, but they took our minds. End quote. Like, that's gonna break you real bad on an individual level. The, the pain in that description of witnessing all of this horror of being a slave, but not having the ability or even like the cognitive self to do anything about it. That's what the parchment were. They were broken. They had a piece like ripped out of them part of their soul, their, their spirit web is, is damaged. However, it's that damage that was done both on like a historical level and also maybe like an evolutionary level. Like I think the Chondra and Mist Wraiths on Skadriel are different in this regard because they were designed, whereas I do believe that the Parshendi were going to undergo more of the normal traditional evolutionary process so something about the evolution maybe because it was on rashar maybe it was something to do with ad nauseum maybe it was something to do with honor and cultivation i don't know why but something about listeners made them susceptible to being broken more easily than like other species it's the same thing that allows them to on the spren is that when they were defeated the humans were able to break them in such a significant way that part of their soul was ripped out now the connection is the lord ruler for a moment the lord ruler is a sliver of infinity he holds the powers of both preservation and ruin and in that moment he would have a connection to all the other shards. Again, this is just part of my theory. You got to stay with it. He would conceivably be able to experience or at least kind of know what was going on on Rashar through the shards that were there. Because remember, the Lord Ruler, while he's like super old, you know, a thousand years. And then we're in era two now, so that's like another 300 years. So he's well over, like 1,300 years old on Skadriel time. But the battle between humans and Parshendi, or humans and listeners, on Rashar and honor, cultivation, and odium on Rashar goes back many thousands of years, you know, over 5,000 
years. And so when the Lord Ruler became a sliver of infinity, that would be kind of in the middle of the conflict going on on Rashar. So if he can get some type of knowledge transfer about what's going on there, he may have seen this relationship between the dull form Parshman and the listeners and have a better understanding than I do of what that relationship was like when it comes to the three realms, the cognitive, spiritual, and physical realm. And with that knowledge, he started to try to make his own broken species that could be manipulated in the same way Odium manipulates the listener species. In that type of practice runs for creating new listeners on Skadriel, he creates the Mistwraiths, as well as their evolved form, their superior form, the Kandra. And he does this not with the magic that exists on Rashar, not with the Spren Bond, but instead through the use of Hemalurgy. The Mistwraiths, as well as the Kandra, are broken by design by the Lord Ruler, and he uses Hemalurgy to manipulate and change them in a way similar to how the different spren that are bonded with the listeners give them their different forms, okay? So we know that on Skadriel, a mist wraith is kind of like a dull form of a chondra. They say they're like their cousins, their pre-evolved state. Okay, the chondra are the more sophisticated, but they know where they come from and they're they're connected in that way. In the same way, the Parshendi often describe the Parshman as a cousin, they're related, they have this bond, but something has happened to those Parshmen to break them in a significant way. And this is where we go even deeper into what is happening on a Cosmere level with the Spren bond or the Hemallergic bond with these two different species. And what I believe is that Hemallergy bridges the cognitive gap from Mistwraith to Chandra like Spren bridge the gap between Parshman and Listener. Let's go to another quote. This one is coming just a few pages later, page 187 from Oathbringer, and now Syl and Kaladin are talking about what did this to the Parshman, what made them into listeners. And here is the quote. Quote, The Everstorm, Syl said, Power has filled the holes in their souls, bridging the gaps. They didn't just wake, Kaladin. They've been healed, connection refounded, identity restored. There's more to this than we ever realized. Somehow, when you conquered them, you stole their ability to change forms. You literally ripped off a piece of their souls and locked it away. End quote. And just to be clear... In that quote, we had two capitalized things. Connection, capital C connection, and identity. Both of those 
connection and identity are also things that are controlled or gifted by different metals on Scadrial. Okay, so those are big Cosmere terms of connection and identity, and both having to do with connecting the spiritual, cognitive, and physical realms, and the identity of an individual is like their cognitive self and their spiritual self and their, their physical self. So you have to have both a connection through the realms, and if you don't, you would probably become something close to like a drab And you also need to have that identity. When the listeners were broken by the humans, a part of their soul was ripped off, according to Syl, and locked away, leaving them unable to change forms. All right? This would be like ripping out the hemallergic spikes from Chandra and leaving them in their broken kind of mist wraith frame. When you combine these two different quotes and the knowledge that we can get from a couple of word of Brandon's, let's go to those, okay? So Brandon said that Mistwraiths specifically are twisted humans with a block on the cognitive realm. A block on the cognitive realm sounds very similar to the sill description that we just heard about having a piece of their soul ripped away. But the Lord Ruler didn't have the ability to like, create a brand new species, something like the listeners. He took a human and twisted it and broke it in a very specific way where it couldn't access the cognitive realm. And it just had kind of a physical blob, maybe even limited connection to the spiritual realm as well. But then through hemallergy, he turns the Mithraith into a Chandra. Now, a fan then went on to ask Brandon about how a Parshman could utilize hemallergy. And it was said by Brandon that a Parshman could become something like a fully functional listener through hemallergy, just like a Mistwraith could become a Kandra. So we have confirmation that that, whatever's going on between Mistwraith and Kandra is very similar to what's going on between Parshman and Listener. Now, for the one final deep cut theory, I know we've gone super deep and everything is already too crazy and your mind is blown, but for one final piece of the little cherry on top for theory time number one. Think about what happened to Lessie, real name Palm, in Mistborn Era 2. Okay? She is a Kandra, one of these creatures that was created by the Lord Ruler. In Brandon's word, she is a twisted human with a block on the cognitive realm to become a Mistwraith, and then through hemallergy has become whole and had the connection restored, an identity given, possibly, but she is still a species that is very susceptible to being broken, one whose spirit web is already held together by makeshift investiture. Talking about hemallergy. So she's like, she's delicate. 
And then what is she asked to do? Harmony manipulates Palm and breaks her even further to the point where she rips out part of her own soul, the spike in her, to give up some of that identity in order to release herself from the control of Harmony. In her broken state, after Harmony forces her to hurt Wax, and she makes this basically like a forced transition from Chandra back down to not quite uh, Miss Wraith, because she still has a spike and she's like holding on to a little bit more of her identity, but she definitely like takes a step back, and in that step back, in that broken state, who does she gravitate towards? Autonomy, okay? And that's where she gets her, some people call it the wonder spike, but just her second spike, the tainted red spike. She moves towards autonomy specifically because she wants to be her own entity. She wants to be free from harmony. She is having the same experience through this manipulation of harmony and this breaking and this this tearing out of part of her soul as the listener explains what was happening to him as he was a parchment. Again, every day, knowing I should say something, do something to stop this. Every night, clutching my daughter, wondering why the world seems to move us around us in light while we are trapped in shadows. That sounds very similar to some of the complaints that Palm had with being manipulated and controlled by Harmony. And she wants to break free from that, and that's the whole you know, driving factor of her, her plotline in Mistborn Era 2. I think that this theory is hinting and directing us to the idea that, one, obviously the Cosmere is all connected, but also there are very, very similar stories happening on all these different planets and very similar experiences happening on all of these planets Mainly because I think that's like a, a Cosmere thing. It's a unifying factor where there's like everything is kind of seen again in a different light in a different area. But we also have to keep in mind that the Lord Ruler and the world we see on Scadriel was what much more designed than a place like what we see on Rashar. I think the Lord Ruler, in his sliver of infinity moment, got a glimpse of what was happening with the Parshman and the listeners. And he said, I want that. I want to be able to create a species like Odium has that is broken and be, can be manipulated through the magic we have here on Scadrill, Hemalurgy. And he created the Mistwraiths and the Kandra in that image. That's it. That's theory time number one. Hit me up with what you think about this theory. Good, bad, don't matter. You can reach out to us on Facebook at Cosmere Convo, on Twitter, user Cosmere Convo, on Reddit. We're everywhere. We love you guys. Oh, also tell us about what you think about the March Madness style super fight between all the different characters in the Cosmere. We're building the list right now of 
able characters. Hit us up on the social media. Let us know what you think about these type of short episodes. This was probably the longest one of these short episodes because I took some time to explain the background. Normally we'd just be like jumping into a theory time and I guess I have to do this by myself as I'm a little sad because Brooke always starts it off. But until next time, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Thank you.